When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And now, Roma Wines, R-O-M-A. Roma Wines present Suspense. Tonight, Roma Wines bring you Mr. Kirk Douglas in Community Property, a suspense play produced, edited, and directed for Roma Wines by William Spear. Suspense, radio's outstanding theater of thrills, as Roma Wines bring you Kirk Douglas, the young American actor who made such an auspicious screen debut in The Strange Love of Martha Ivers. Mr. Douglas appears as George Mason, with Kathy Lewis as his wife Lois, in Community Property, tonight's tale of Suspense. You sure manage to look sloppy in the mornings, don't you? Thanks. Coffee? Yeah. Maybe I shouldn't have qualified it. You look sloppy most of the times nowadays. Why should I waste my time looking glamorous for you? Oh, don't mind me. I'm just your husband. I just pay the bills. That's all I do. What bills? I should look like one of the ten best women of the year on what I can squeeze out of you, I suppose. I'm not talking about clothes. You could get your hair out of your face and put on a little lipstick for a change. Sure. Get up three hours early and go to the beauty parlor. Offer the privilege of making your breakfast and listening to your sour cracks. What's the matter with you? Didn't you sleep well? What do you care? I thought maybe you'd been lying awake nights again, wondering how you're going to spend your share of Uncle Bert's 50,000 bucks. I never lie awake nights wondering how to spend any money that you ever got your hands on first. Well, you got something there. I've got better use for that money than letting it go into freak hats and imitation furs. Well, then stop harping about it. I don't care about the money. I don't want to see the money. I don't want to hear about the money. What you call this, coffee? That's what it says on the can. Yeah, you can even make stuff out of a can taste rotten. Look, if you don't like it, go get your breakfast at Schwab's Drugstore. It's no pleasure for me. Well, I would if I could afford it. You know, you're not kidding me any, Lois. Kidding you? I've stopped even trying to communicate with you. That doesn't prevent you trying to make my life as miserable as possible, though, does it? Your life. What kind of a life do you think I've had this past year? I can't even remember the last time I had a, a civil conversation with you. And as for anything else, I'm nothing more than a housekeeper around here, a housekeeper that doesn't get paid. Yeah, it's tough. Sometimes I wonder how you stand it. So do I. But I know why, all right. Oh, you know everything. I told you you weren't kidding me any. As long as you think I'm going to get that inheritance from Uncle Bert, you'll stick to me like a leech, won't you? I told you I don't care about the money and I don't want to hear about the money. Heard enough about it. Even if your uncle is fool enough to leave it to you, which I doubt. Oh, sure, you don't care about the money. Not much. All I care about is having a decent life. Hmm. I've about come to the conclusion it's impossible for you to be decent to anybody. Well, if it's as bad as all that, why don't you get a divorce? Well, maybe I should. Maybe it's what time we talk divorce, George. Maybe it's just high time. Well, what's stopping you? Sometimes I wonder. Well, I don't. You'll never get a divorce as long as you think I might inherit 50,000 bucks. That's what you think. Yeah. Well, I've thought about it. I've thought about it plenty. Then why don't you do something about it? Because I know you're too cheap to pay alimony in the lawyer's fees. That's why. <laughs> Is that honestly all that's worrying you? Oh, I'm certainly not worried by any illusions I might ever have had about you. All right. I'll pay the lawyer's fees in advance. And any reasonable alimony you can get a judge to grant you. 
You mean that, George? I never meant anything more in my life. Brother, you've got yourself a divorce. I tried to register shock and righteous indignation, but I could hardly keep my face straight. Lois was going to get a divorce. I'd been working on it for a year, ever since I'd realized that Uncle Bert was going to die and I was going to inherit his estate. Ever since I'd realized that under the community property laws of California, Lois would get half of it. Half of 50,000 bucks, I figured. Maybe even more. 50,000 bucks. I wasn't going to share that with Lois or anybody else. For a year, I'd been nagging her and insulting her and even knocking her around a little, but it was no use. He just turned sullen and took it. And so I'd just about given up thinking about divorce. I'd begun to think about something else for Lois. I'd begun to think about murder. Now Lois is going to give me a divorce, at last. And Uncle Bert's $50,000 would be mine, as long as she started proceeding before I inherited. And knowing Lois, I figure now that she finally decided she'd probably go to work on it that very afternoon. When I drove out to Uncle Bert's later in the day, I was feeling like a kid just out of school. It was one of my regular visits, and I never missed. Three or four times a week. That was a bore and a pain. But I'm a guy that can put up with $50,000 worth of almost anything. Good afternoon, Mr. Milton. Oh, hi, Judson. Uh, how's the old boy feeling this afternoon? Not too well, I'm afraid, sir. Oh, gee, I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, one of his bad days, eh? Rather difficult, yes, sir. Well, uh, do you suppose it's all right for me to see him? <clears throat> oh, yes, sir. It's nothing that serious, I should say. He's called for his lawyer, Mr. Bernard, and for Dr. Oh. Thorpe. I should imagine he'd be quite able to see you as well. Yes, what is it? <clears throat> Your nephew, Mr. Mason, is here to see you, sir. All right, show him in. Hello, Uncle Bert. How are you feeling? Oh, not well, my boy. Not well. Not well at all. Well, go on, Judson. Close the door. Go about your business. Yes, sir. Yeah. Judson was saying you've had sort of a bad day. Ah, uh, yes, I'm completely bedridden now, as you see. I'm afraid the end is not far off, my boy. Oh, don't be silly, Uncle Bird. You'll live to be a hundred. No, 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 no. I've called Dr. Thorpe. Oh, you can't scare me. Well, you call Dr. Thorpe every other day. I tell you, I'm sick. I'm dying. Are you going to sit there and argue with me? Oh, well, I know, Uncle Bird, but, gee, I... Well, I hadn't realized it was that serious. Well, it's most serious. <laughs> I'm glad you came today. I'd have called you if you hadn't. Oh, I understand your, uh, your lawyer is coming over here. Oh, yes. I wish to be absolutely certain that my affairs are all in order before the end. Gee, Uncle Bert, well, gosh, it's hard to believe that anything could happen like that, I mean. Ah, my boy, there's no disputing with the grim reaper when your time comes. Oh, pull your, pull your chair a little closer. Sure. Ah, that's it. Ah, George, you have always been a good nephew to me. Of course, I know you're always thinking of the money. Oh, oh that, that's, that's only natural. Oh, I don't care. Uncle Bird, now, now that's not fair. <laughs> you're a liar, George. But you're a good liar. And that's a comfort to an old man. 
course, I don't know what you're like in daily life at the nail salon. <laughs> Just average, I guess. Well, I wouldn't think so. Now, I imagine you're mean and greedy what? and thoroughly dishonest when it's safe to be, as I was. Why, well, it runs in the family. It's only natural, too. <laughs> you make me sound like a pretty bad guy, Uncle Bert. <laughs> only true to human nature, George, with a little dash of Mason family thrown in. Yes, you've always been a good nephew to me, George. Even though you may have been a hypocrite about it. And that's all anyone has a right to expect at my age. You won't have any reason to regret it. Well, I wish you wouldn't talk that way, Uncle Berta. Uh, what way? Well, about the money and things like that. Uh, don't you want to hear about it? Well, well have I ever asked you about it? I... No, no, you haven't, George. Uh, you've been very clever about that. But you may as well know now. Well, I... As my will stands now, my estate will be divided into two parts. Oh. Yes. One half of my estate will go as an endowment to my old school, Weymouth College. Half? Yes. Well, oh, is that... <coughs> Come in. <coughs> well, hello, Mr. Mason. How are we today? Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Old man's handing out bad news today. Hmm? Now, in your case, I'm afraid you're about to lose a steady source of income, Doctor. Oh? Uh, meaning, uh... Meaning, meaning me. Yes, I'm afraid you're going to have to find some other victim to pay your office rent very soon now. Oh, <coughs> uh, well... Yeah, you know my nephew, of course, uh, Sure. Uh, hi, Doc. Hello, George. Oh, oh by the way, George, here... Here's a prescription your wife asked me to write out for her. You might have it filled on your way home if you have the time. Sure, thanks. <laughs> yes, bad news all around. Now, George here, I've just informed him that I'm leaving half my money to my old school. <laughs> he looks mighty disappointed, doesn't he? Oh, now, Uncle Bert, well, it's your money. Why should I be sore? Now, the pulse, please, Mr. Mason. Yeah. Thank you. Of course, I, I haven't told him all of it yet. You want to hear the rest, George, huh? Well, whatever you say, Uncle Bert. Really, Mr. Mason, you shouldn't be talking too much. Your condition's not as good yeah. today as it might be. Oh, I know that. I... But as I was saying... Uh, what was I saying? Oh, yes. Well, as a matter of fact, I'm, I'm leaving you fairly well provided for, George. Enough to give you a little start in life, anyway. Now, take it easy, Uncle Bert. It's you I care about, not the money. Oh, uh, uh, you're an accomplished liar. <laughs> That's the only word for it. But you can relax again. The other half is going to you. Well, you know you didn't have to do that, Uncle Bert. Well, not that I don't appreciate uh, it, but... <laughs> I think it will help with it, George. You, you'll be able to use $500,000, won't you? What'd you say? <laughs> really, Mr. Mason, I must forbid oh, you to get excited now. Your, your condition... Didn't you hear me, George? I, I said five. But Uncle Bert. Uh, Mr. Mason. Uncle Bert. Uncle Bert, listen to me. I'm afraid he's gone. <laughs> Tell me what you said. For heaven's sake, man, have a little decency, can't you? He's dead. He can't be. Some kind of a gag. Did you hear it? $500,000. Oh, come in. Mr. Bernard, I'm afraid you're too late, Bernie. Oh, Bernie, you drew up the will, you'll know. Oh, hello. Bernie, he said 500,000. 500,000. You mean your inheritance? 
That's roughly what it comes to. Wow, half a million bucks. And permit me to be the first to congratulate you, George, on bearing up so well under your bereavement, that is. Half a million bucks and he never told me. Why, the rotten old liar. I left the house in a daze. I got in my car and started driving, just driving around. I don't know where I drove to. I just drove, and I must have spent that $500,000 500,000 different ways. But I wasn't in such a fog that I didn't do a little real thinking, too, about Lois. Because now if she got a divorce, she'd nick me for half that money anyway. And I wasn't having any of that. Not after what I'd been through. So it would have to be the other way. So I'd have to talk her out of the divorce or it looked too much like a motive. But first, I wanted to be absolutely sure of everything. Then, on the way past the drug counter, I remembered the prescription Dr. Thorpe had given me. I think I have the idea right then. Yes, sir? Uh, how long will it take you to fill this? Well, oh, that won't take any time. Okay. Uh, where's your phone? Just to your left, sir. Thanks. Hello? Uh, Bernie? Yeah. Uh, George Mason. Why, hello, George. I'm afraid you can't have the money tonight, old boy, but come in first thing tomorrow. Great kidder, aren't you? Listen, Bernie, I wanted to ask you something. Anything you ask will be charged against you from now on, George. No, seriously, though, I, I met a friend of mine today, uh, well, a Texas oil man, but he married out here, and, well, he's having a little trouble with his wife. Send him around. I'll give him a discount. Well, maybe I'll do that, but all he wants now is free advice. You see, he's worried about this community property law. Well, it seems he came into quite a hunk of dough out here lately, and... Oh, coincidence department, huh? Well, not exactly. This was, well, a deal, you know, real estate. Uh. Well, he wants to know if there's any way he can keep his wife from cutting in on it. Oh, a heel, huh? That's right. Not a chance, my boy. Any property accumulated in the normal course of affairs after the marriage is community property. That's the law. Yeah, that's what he was afraid of. Now, listen, though, George. You want to know something cute? It has nothing to do with your friend. Well, I got to go, Bernie. Uh, I'm late. I'll call you tomorrow. Yeah, but, but I'm trying to tell you Well, something. save it till tomorrow, huh? Good night, Bernie. I was in no mood to listen to bright sayings. I had too much else to do. At the drug counter, I picked up the prescription. It was what I thought it was. Sedative, it said. She'd been taking stuff to make her sleep for quite a while now. At the next corner, I bought her the biggest box of candy I could find. Then I went home to kill her. Lois? Is that you, George? Yeah. You going to bed? You're late. Yeah, I... Well, I'll tell you about it. You don't need to. It's nothing unusual. I I know it isn't, Lois, and... Well, that's what I want to talk to you about. Oh, here's something I picked up for you. What's this for? Nothing. I just thought you might like it. You must have wrecked the car or something. <laughs> no, but... Well, I've been doing a lot of thinking today, Lois. So have I. Well, you... You haven't done anything about that yet, have you? I mean, the divorce. Not yet. I know you're in a big hurry, but tomorrow will be time enough, won't it? Oh, now, listen, Lois. Like I said, I've been doing a lot of thinking today. Well, it was it was quite a shock when you said that this morning. When I said it? Well, when, when it came up that way. Gosh, I got to thinking. Well, I've been pretty rotten to you these last few months. Ah. And, well, I don't know why, but 
I have, and I know it. You haven't been exactly the ideal companion, George. Well, it's as though something was driving me, making me do things and say things that I didn't mean and I didn't want to, and I couldn't help myself. Gosh, I don't know what it's been. Worry, trying to scrape along with everything going sky high and running into debt and uh, thinking about the old man's money. I don't know what it's been, but I know it's been awful. For me, too. And I know it's been ten times as bad for you. I know, George, but everybody has those kinds of worries nowadays. Well, I know, and, well, they don't take it out on somebody else the way I have, but when you talked about divorce, well, it made me realize... I love you, Lois. I don't know how I could ever get along without you. Do you really mean that, George? I never meant anything more in my life. Just give me another chance, Lois. I'll do anything. I'll go to a psychiatrist or something. I know it's been my fault, but I can change. If you help me, I can change overnight. It'll be the way it used to be, huh? <laughs> Oh, darling, I know. I've been a terrible oh, healer. I, I knew it wasn't really you. It hasn't been all your fault either. There. I've been sullen and nasty. But I had to do something just in self-defense. Just to keep from going crazy. Because I love you so. Oh, now, there, there, baby. It's going to be different now. I've learned my lesson, oh, honestly. George. I know it will if we try, if we both just try. We used to be so happy. We're going to be happy again, too. You see, happier than ever. I know it. <laughs> you know, I think I'll really sleep tonight for the first time in months. Good. I've been so nervous lately, I've just been a wreck. Oh, say, that reminds me. I ran into Doc Thorpe today, and he gave me a prescription of yours. I had it filled on the way home. Here. Mm-hmm. Oh, my sleeping pills. That's funny. You're thinking about that now, and I probably won't need them anymore. You better take one anyway, just to be on the safe side, huh? Say, maybe I'll take one, too. Gee, it's been a pretty tough day. <laughs> All right. I-, I guess tonight maybe I'm almost too happy to sleep. <laughs> Would you warm up a little milk for me, darling, to take them with? Why, well, sure, honey. I'll fix you right up. Thanks, darling. I went downstairs and started warming the milk. I'd had the stuff hidden away for a couple of months now. It was a narcotic that would have the same effects as the sleeping pills and show up the same way in an autopsy. I put some sugar and cinnamon in the milk to cover the taste and then dumped in enough of the stuff to kill a horse. Then I took it up to her. Thanks, darling. Yeah. Huh. Hmm? That's nice. What'd you put in it? Oh, just sweeten it up a little. Sweets to the sweets. <laughs> oh, here's your fill. Thank you. Oh. It tastes a little funny. Oh. It's nice, but kind of funny. Yes, maybe I got the milk a little too hot, huh? It always tastes funny when it's boiled. Uh-huh. Uh, that's a drink it all now. That's a good girl. Oh. Uh-huh. There. That's the ticket. <laughs> Feeling sleepy? Uh-huh. All of a sudden. Well, now, you lie down and let me tuck you in and you get a good sleep. Uh-huh. And tomorrow, we'll start all over again. Oh, yes. A new life. That's right. Tomorrow, there'll be a brand new life. I took the glass downstairs and washed it out thoroughly and brought it back again half empty. I dumped about three-quarters of the sleeping pills down the drain and then tipped the bottle over on the bedside table to give things that reckless look and went to bed. (laughs) You think that's pretty funny, I suppose? Lying down in the next bed to someone you know is dying or be dead before morning? Someone you just murdered? 
Well, maybe it is. But all I was thinking of was that 500,000 bucks and spending it over and over another million different ways that I went off to sleep and believe it or not, I slept like a baby. I woke up early feeling great, not knowing why for a minute, and then I remembered. I went over to look at Lois. She was lying just the way I'd left it. I put out my hand and touched her arm. That was all I needed to know. She was cold. Stone cold. Dr. Thorpe's office. Give me the doctor. Quick, quick. Calling, please. What's the dip? George Mason, hurry, please. Hello, George. What's oh, Doc, the listen, you got to come right over here. Something's happened, something terrible. What is it, George? Lois, those pills you gave her. She's taken almost all of them. I can't get her to move. Now, she... wait a minute, George. Wait a minute. Are you sure there isn't some mistake? I know there isn't. She's cold. You'd better call the police, George. Uh, police? Yes. Yes, it's usual in such cases. I'll be over, but you'd better call the police. In about half an hour, they arrived. Two plainclothes dicks and a man from the coroner's office. He and one of the dicks went in to look at Lois. And the other one stayed outside, talking to me. I know it's a trying time for you, Mr. Mason. I can't understand it. I can't understand it. Had you and your wife had any uh, quarrels? No. Well, well, we had our little spats, but nothing more than any other married couple. Well, nothing to make her do a thing like that. Had she been taking these uh, sedatives long? Well, the last few months. Gosh, I don't know exactly why. Well, she'd been nervous and upset. You know, she wasn't getting any younger, of course. Yeah, but she took them on the advice of a physician. She was under a physician's care, I suppose. Oh, yes, Dr. Alexander Thorpe. Well, he saw her regularly. But he never told me there was anything mental. Mm-hmm. Oh, how about it, Doc? Narcotic poisoning. Pretty clear. That bottle was full. When she went to work on it, she took enough to kill her heart. Well, I got it filled for only last night. Well, I guess that's about all, Mr. Mason. We'll, I'm Dr. Uh... Thorpe, the family physician. Oh, hello, John. Hello, Alex. Uh, you know Lieutenant Farley? How do you do, Lieutenant? Uh, hello, Doc. Hello, George. You want to see the, uh... I take it Mrs. Mason is dead? Uh-huh. Narcotic poisoning. Your uh, prescription, wasn't it, Alex? Yes. Yes, so it was. But, uh, I'm afraid there's some discrepancy here. Discrepancy? Yes. I had been prescribing sedatives for Mrs. Mason for some time. Lately, however, I reached the conclusion that her mental health was such that the possession of drugs in any quantity would be dangerous. My last prescription, therefore, contained no sedative of any kind. What did it contain? Nothing. Sugar and a neutral base. Why? If Mrs. Mason died of poisoning, the poison was administered to her in some other form. You said, uh, administered? I did. From the evidence, I can reach no other conclusion. And neither can I. Well, Mr. Mason? Can I call my lawyer? You're entitled to do that. And for where I sit, bud, looks like you're going to need a good one. be a lesson to you, George. Before you commit a murder, always check with your attorney. Great kidder, huh, Bernie? Sure. 
If you'd only told me this on the phone yesterday, instead of that cock and bull story about a friend from Texas, I could have saved you a lot of trouble. Oh, I tried to tell you. Money that you earn or make in business is community property. Money that you inherit is not. What? That 500 grand would have been all yours, Joe. Uh, you see what I mean? <laughs> Next time, a check with your attorney. <laughs> Check with your attorney. A great kidder. Now he says, don't worry. If he can get me off the gas chamber, I'll still have the worst years of my life ahead of me. How do you like that? Suspense. Presented by Roma Wines. R-O-M-A, Roma. America's favorite wines. This is Truman Bradley bringing back for the curtain call our suspense star of the evening, Kirk Douglas. Kirk, you know millions of our suspense listeners will remember you as Barbara Stanwyck's husband in The Strange Love of Martha Ivers. Well, seeing you play the part of a weak, neurotic man, they had never guessed you were a wrestling champion in college. Well, Truman, you know, the difference isn't as great as you might think. No? You see, college wrestling was my first acting experience. See, that's where I learned to portray suffering. Well, since you were undefeated champion, Kirk, I imagine most of the suffering was done by your opponents. <laughs> but uh, you must have some other hobby besides wrestling, Kirk. After all, you can't be throwing your guests around the living room all the time, you know. Well, my wife claims my favorite hobby is eating. I do have an awful sweet tooth. You know, when it comes to eating cake, I'm worse than a ten-year-old at a birthday party. Say, speaking of birthday parties, Kirk, reminds me that your host of the evening, Roma Wines, has a gift for you. This hamper of Roma Wines with the compliments of Roma, the greatest name in wine. Well, thank you, Truman, and my compliments to Roma. Good night. Kirk Douglas appeared through the courtesy of Hal Wallace Productions. Tonight's suspense play was written by Robert Richards from a story by Howard Leeds and Arthur Julian. Next Thursday, same time, you will hear Mr. Lloyd Nolan as star of Suspense. Produced and directed by William Spear for the Roma Wine Company of Fresno, California. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.